The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Man, when we began the church, I, I, I knew that we would have both deep and shallow ends. You know, you, when you're in a pool, you have deep and shallow end. And um, I think that it's important to have a shallow end just because... Um, there are people, we're in a post-Christian world. We're in a post-Christian nation. That's just how it is. You know, you, you go talk about the Bible, Ten Commandments, Jesus, uh, and, and most, there are quite a few people, the percentages are higher, that have no idea that Christmas has anything to do with Jesus or Easter's not about the Easter bunny. Or, I mean, there's just, we, we live in a society where um, people just don't know. But we also live in a society where people have grown up in church and they do want to see God move in their life and they understand that power. And so as we go through, we're going to start a new series called Releasing the Power. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I, and I already know that the Holy Spirit in church is like the redheaded stepchild. I, I already know that. And so I am going to give you, uh, generally we, we use like two or three scripture verses, but I am going to download you because, um, because I, I, I don't want you to feel like that, number one, I don't know the Bible, but, but uh, number two, I want you to see it for yourself. And here, here's what I'm asking for you to do, is I'm asking for you to just look at it. Look at it. Everybody in here is an adult, and everybody in here can make their own decisions. But as a pastor and as a shepherd, it is my, 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 my job, uh, my mandate, to make sure that we, we understand Scripture. The other day I went to lunch with uh, one of our men, and um, it was flippant. We, we made this meeting, and it was really flippant. And I said, uh, uh, hey, man, we're going to go to lunch. And he said, yeah, we're going to go Monday. And I'll, 12.30, okay, great. And there was so much going on. We were very busy. And, we, you know, he has four kids. I have four kids. So, I mean, it was crazy. And, and, um, and so I called him Monday about 12.15, and I, and I was heading to our meeting. And I said, hey, are we still on? Just wanting to make sure because I hadn't heard from him. I hadn't heard, hey, man, see you this morning or anything like that. So I just thought, oh, I wonder if he forgot. And so I'm a couple minutes out, and I, and I said, hey, just want to check, see if we're still meeting. And he said, yeah, I'm already here. And I was like, man. So I walked in and I said, dude, you're so punctual. You're so early. And he said, you know, when I make a promise, I try to keep it. And, I, and I, it just kind of hit me. I was like, man, okay. You know, because I do meetings all the time and people, something comes up. You know, people have to reschedule. They have to change. And so I just get used to, oh, man, I can't do it. We had this. We had this. And, and so... When he said that, I started thinking about that promise and, and keeping the promise. And I don't know, but back in the day, um, I, I don't know if you ever pinky promised. And I understand there's scripture verses, you know, don't swear by any other name, let your yes be yes. I, I know the Bible. Um, but, but, but I'm just, as a kid, you don't know all of that content. And so you're like, pinky promise, double dab, swear. I, and, and the best is when you have a promise and you say, I promise. Because, you know, just making sure that people know that this is not just a statement. It's a whole nother level of promise. And as we're walking through this, we just live in a skeptical society because there are a lot of people that make promises. 
I mean, if you, if you think about it, marriage couples make promise, companies make promise, parents make promise, children's, children make promises to their parents. I will not go there. <laughs> I will not, you know. Uh, pastors make promises. Politicians, no, never mind. Um, uh, people deal all the time with broken promises. And it's very easy for us to think and get skeptical about the promise, about promises, about people who say anything, because you're like, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, that's kind of how our, our mentality is. Proverbs 20, 25 says, it is a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later consider one's vows. Listen, I say all this to set up what I want to talk about over the next few weeks. Because as the pastor of the house, if we're going to grow in our faith, we're going to have to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we become free and we become effective. See, freedom is not the goal. Effective is the goal. But you can't be effective if you're not free. God has a mighty plan for you. And His plan, however, is not autonomous. Like it's not... He has a plan for each one of your lives, and it is all completely different. His plan for your life has always been for you to get involved in His plan. And that is the plan for all of us. Now, some of you are uh, professionals. Some of you own your own business. Some of you manage your own companies. Some of you are in the ministry. Some of you do a bunch of different things. How is, is, is not the point what we're building is. And so the plan of God and the plan for our lives has always been that we would know Him, accept Him, embrace Him, and build His kingdom. That, that's it. That's what God has called us to do. And so in that, I, I want to walk through this, that we are people who can find joy and fulfillment and, and I tell you what, yes, degrees are important, jobs, favor in the workplace place is great. But I'll just tell you, make it a living isn't living. Because I, if it was, I mean, we wouldn't have people who were making millions of dollars thinking about suicide. So obviously making a living isn't the end goal because there are countless people who are making a great living. They're just empty. And they're like, man, what do I, I feel like there's just a little bit more than, than this. And as we start the series talking about unleashing the power, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I know that some of us are from different churches and instantly, whoosh, a wall comes up because, you know, the people who grew up in Pentecostal backgrounds are like, hallelujah, woo, finally, getting some real preaching up in this mug. You know what I'm saying? But if you're from a mainline church, you're like, okay, I don't even know about this. And you maybe were never even taught or discipled. And, and, and the gifts of the Spirit or even that, it's kind of like, okay, I read that one time. It, what are there? Are there how many? You know, but then there are some theologies that really, you know, Based on how you grew up, some theological systems that explain away the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, okay, so, I mean, that was then and this is now and what do we do? And I want to talk about believing the promise. That's, that, that's how I want to start this off. When we talk about unleashing the power, you're never going to unleash anything in your life if you don't believe it. 
And so I want to talk about believing the promise, and the promise is the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Okay, let's keep rolling. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive it. Okay, the world cannot, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, but he will be in you. Two different thoughts there. Now, I don't know if you're, how many are, are grammar teachers, but, but, okay, he is, he, for he dwells with you, but he will be in you. Two different thoughts, and I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. God, Jesus is saying, this is a promise that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give you this promise. Now, as we look at it, there are three reasons that we should believe the promise. And the first is this. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. And, 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 I, and I know if you're unchurched, and, I, and I'm working my best not to be churchy, because I don't, I don't want to have a churchy church. You know what I'm saying? You go to a churchy church, and, hallelujah, bless God, hallelujah. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, I, I don't want to be churchy. I want to be authentic. I, 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 I don't want to have Jesus talking points that you grew up in the 80s, and now you still talk like it. I want to be about Jesus. And so when I say Godhead, I want to explain this. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. In John chapter 1, verse 5 and 7, For there are three that bear the record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. That word ghost freaks people out. All right, so what are you talking about? The Holy Casper? What are we talking about? I saw ghosts. I know what's up. You know what I'm saying? And we got no clay. And these three are one. I want, I want to walk through this. God is our Heavenly Father, and He's the giver of all things. Jesus is the Son of God, the Word, and the only way to the Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher who reveals the truth and gives us power to live the Christian life. Some of your Bibles, uh, may the NIV or the uh, New American Standard will say spirit, water, blood. It's the same thing. We know that God is spirit, water represents life, and blood was the atonement. And, and, and so we needed that to be saved. Jesus was a spotless lamb and shed his blood. This was the plan the whole time. But, but if we were to look back at the Old Testament, New Testament, and now, in the Old Testament, they, did, they didn't want to receive God. In the New Testament, they didn't want to receive Jesus. And now, where we're at, people don't want to receive the Holy Spirit. It's like, I don't know, because I've seen weirdos. And I, there have been weirdos, I'm not going to lie. And, but, 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 Let's look at the pattern of what God has done and let's take it not from a, a fear factor, but let's look at this word and let's just see what it, it says. Let's see what it says. In, in our verse that we read, all three are one. They're all one, but there are three. So that's not that hard to understand. I'm a father, I'm, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. I don't get those roles mixed up. 
You know what I'm saying? There are different roles, but I am the same person. Just like water can be a solid, it can be a vapor, it can be a liquid. Okay, so as we're looking, God, God has the plan, Jesus does the plan, and the Holy Spirit reveals the plan. That is how it, and I, I've met believers who have grown up in church their whole life, and they couldn't tell you the difference between God and the Holy Spirit or Jesus. I said, ah, I don't know which one to talk to. I don't really know their function. You know, when my son comes to me, he gets father. I don't do father with my mom. And I, and I, don't, I don't do um, a father with my wife. I, they're, they're at different points in our relationship with people, they access something different. With God, we do the same thing. With God, we do the same thing. Listen, our, our body, our, 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 we were made in the likeness of God. Our body illustrates three in one. Body, mind, spirit. Our body is made up of our skin and bones. Our mind causes everything um, to work and, and our ability to make decisions. But our spirit desires to worship. And if we don't insert God, then we will worship um, uh, People, degree, money, uh, flesh, ourselves. That is our spirit. We are partakers in this divine nature. And we can live a different way. Why do we need to teach about the Holy Spirit? Because there's been a lot of talk against it. And there, the Holy Spirit has been the same in the Old Testament as He was in the New. In the Old Testament, He was about regeneration, rebirth, indwelling, restraint, and empowerment. He restrained sin, and it was about empowerment. And we see that. We see, you can see different people popping in your mind. If you grew up in church, Samson. You can, you can hear different people. Uh, uh, Job. You can, different people that you can think, okay, the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament. And was very present. In the New Testament, it's the same. Can I tell you this? That it's important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Because if we don't understand that, then we will treat Him differently. Listen, I have four kids. And, I, and, and I'm doing my best not to have favorites. Now, based on what they do that day. But, but, but that you are all equal when you come to this table. But if we look at, okay, God is the big one. Jesus is the small one. Holy Spirit is the one that lives outside. <laughs> the house. Then, then we're going to have a wrong perspective. And so we have to believe the promise. The second thing I want to tell you is that Jesus said it was better. Jesus said it was better. Now, I don't know if we can, if, if, if our church world culture has a good understanding of that, but if Jesus said it was better, come on, look at this. John chapter 5, verse 5 through 10. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Okay? There, Jesus is saying, I'm about to bail. I got to leave. My daddy want me back. <laughs> and, and so everybody's like, Don't, what are we talking about? You, you just got, you leave. What? This is, you called me out of the boat with my dad 
to come hang out with you and now you're leaving? You're not, bro, you're not leaving. Look at this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Why wouldn't Jesus say, nevertheless, I tell you the truth? Because here's what we need to understand is that these people were seeing Jesus work miracles. They were seeing God, Jesus, do things that they had never seen. And so Jesus has to preface what he's about to say. Guys, no, for real, for reals, for rizzle, for real. I got to tell you the truth because you're not going to believe this, but it is to your advantage that I go away. Shut up. I mean, it's, it's, nobody's done what you've done. Nobody's operated how you've operated. Nobody's done. And Jesus says, it's better if I go. <laughs> it's, it's better. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then, and when, well, I can't read. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus says, it's better. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a it, it's not a thing. And many re Christians refer to the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whichever version you read, and I can understand the word ghost freaking you out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because we watch TV and we watch, you grew up with goosebumps or whatever, and so now you're talking about ghosts in church, and that's weird. But the Holy Spirit has all of the dimensions of a personality. All of them. What constitutes a personality? Most psychologists would point to three qualities of a personality. Intellect, emotion, and will. So let's look at it. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11, for what man knows the things... For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the what? Spirit of God. It says that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. In other words, he has intellect. So he's not some sp spooky, cosmic, floaty, misty. He, he has intellect. He thinks. Okay, Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you were sealed on the day of redemption. So what, what is this telling us? That he has an emotion. I mean, if you can grieve him, then there has to be an emotional component to the Holy Spirit, just like in the Old Testament where we see countless times where God had an emotion and was like, I'm fixing to wipe these little days on Talk to me like that again. When, when, he has to, when God tells Job, and Job is like, man, what's up? And, and God's like, okay, hold on. Where were you? If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When your kids talk about, well, we don't ever do anything fun. Hold on, we just got done with the Hold on. We just got done with the movies. We got ice cream yesterday. We got, you don't even know what you're talking about. I kind of see God. Okay, look at this. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. 
But the one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. As He wills. As He wills. Check this out. He has a will. He has an emotion. He has an intellect. The Holy Spirit is not some mysterious force like Jedi's. Listen, it's not a figment of our imagination. It's not some kind of cosmic energy. He is the promise. He is the promise. And, you know, it's not weird seances or space travelers. It's not kooky or weird. Jesus was clear that we needed power to walk the walk, to be transformed. And the Holy Spirit helps us live better. The third thing I want to give you is that it's available today. He is available. I probably should have just said that. He is available today. When the disciples were with Jesus, and, and let's just walk through this real quick, and I'm going to be done in just a couple minutes. But while the disciples were with Jesus, there was no need for an active Holy Spirit presence because Jesus was that presence. Okay, when, when the disciples, and you can wait just like five minutes. Uh, when the disciples were with Jesus, check this out. He would always correct them and encourage them. He would say, Peter, why are you thinking that way? What are you doing? Hey, hey you lost your faith. Hey, you're drowning. You know, I mean, he, would always, he was there as a teacher, as a corrector. He would comfort them. You know, they would come back. Man, we couldn't do nothing, man. I don't know what happened. Jesus is like, come here, bro. Let me show you how to do this. You need to fast. You need to pray. You need to... Oh, okay. When Jesus was around, they were good. But when Jesus left, what happened? Peter, there's a story where Peter could not stand up to a little girl. Why? Because the power that the disciples had to go do the work came from Jesus. And there was no power when Jesus left. That's why you don't see a lot of that. But that's why Jesus said, don't start your ministry. Don't go anywhere. Wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit because, because you're not going to be able to do the things we taught you without it living in you. Does this make sense? Now, Here's the thing, is the Holy Spirit has always been around. Always been around. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 20. And I'm just going to roll through. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows, blah, 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 blah. She was found with child of the what? Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being, ju being just a man, was not wanting to make it public. The Holy Spirit was there at the conception of Jesus. Okay? Baptism of Christ. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And when he'd been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens opened up to him and saw the Spirit of God descending, descending uh, like a dove and landing and landing upon him. <laughs> we got fast with typing. Uh, so let, let, let's, can we talk about this? We've all, I don't know if you've been in church much, and if you haven't, it's cool. But go back to the verse. But 
you see the dove. And so the dove comes down and lands on Jesus. And it's a cute moment. But look at this. Like a dove. Like a dove. Not a dove. Like a dove. Something happened like a dove does not mean a dove came. And so if we don't understand that, we'll see the picture, the Hallmark card, you know what I'm saying? The YouTube channel that has the like 70s worship music with the dove. You'll be like, okay, that's awesome, it's cool. You know, but it was, it, was, it was like that, but it wasn't like Tweety Bird, you know what I'm saying? That's cool, that's good, Polly. You know, that's not what happened. And so here's the thing. The Holy Spirit was there when Jesus was baptized. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Many people interpret that as the devil tempted Jesus. But you need to understand, there has never been a time in the history of, 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 of counting where God submits to the devil and lets the devil do any leading. It was the Holy Spirit that, that ushered Jesus to that moment. Because Jesus had to overcome this temptation. Because he wasn't born in sin. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, I think what I want to do is, 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 is for some of you, I really want to build your faith. For other ones, my goal is that you start to study this and you ask some real important questions. In Acts chapter 1-8, Acts chapter 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Now, here's the thing that I want to leave you with. For the disciples to carry out God's plan, they needed a helper. And here's the thing. If Jesus, now let's, let's walk through this. Jesus went through all three. He, was, he had his salvation rebirth experience, didn't he? Okay, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Mary got pregnant. So he did not come through the seed of man. So he did not have to be reborn, but he was born again. He, he was born, and so that was his experience. Then he had to be water baptized by John, didn't he? Didn't he? We, but he told John, this fulfills all scripture. They're having a little conversation. Bro, I, I can't baby. Man, man, you babies. Man, babies. No, you know me. Come on, dog. Man, come on. All right, do it. Yeah, and so baptized. And then we have this third where the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus. And here's my point. If Jesus had to walk through all three, why don't we? If the disciples, and I'll show you next week, had to walk through all three, then why don't we? And, and, and my goal is, because I know that I'm going to deal or we're going to walk through the teaching that you know. And, and I am going to give you scripture verses for everything that I have to say. 
we're going to talk about next week, where the disciples, Jesus breathed into their nostrils, and at that moment, they received the Holy Spirit and they were saved. Well, if they received the Holy Spirit at that moment and were saved, why did they have to wait? We have to deal with that. We have to deal with that concept. I'm going to give you scripture verses on all this. Here is my point, is that the Holy Spirit brings us the ability to tap into the original, okay, original power that resided in us. Does this make sense? Real quick, Genesis chapter 3. I got two more scripture verses. I'm going to let you go because some of you are like, ah, you may may get fidgety on me. All right, look at this. Then the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. This is Adam and Eve in the garden. They're They're getting ready to be tempted by the devil. Okay, check this out. Was pleasing to the eye and also desirable to gaining wisdom. And she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, mm -hmm, who was with her, and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were open. That is so messed up that God would create blind people in the garden. Why did God create blind people in the garden? I mean, why would he create a garden where nobody can see? Can 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 we just look at this? And the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So you're telling me a man and a woman were walking around naked together in a garden with nobody else and that man did not know? Because let me tell you something. There are a lot of things that I do not know. You ask me to spell onomatopoeia, I'm not your man. (laughs) But out of the corner of my eye, if I see anybody naked, I know. I know naked. I'm just saying, I, I just can tell, I can just be like, whoop, there's somebody naked. But, but you're telling me that this man was in the Garden of Eden and he did not know that these two, hey, you know, they, they, were, they weren't, they, they, he didn't know? See, here's what I think happened, is that God connected with Adam on a spiritual level. And he told Adam, do not eat this fruit. Because on the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. And so what happened is there was a spiritual connection between man and Adam. And when he ate this fruit, the spiritual eyes closed, the physical eyes opened. And that's how they knew that they were naked. And that's how they knew that, what, what you got, what you got? Oh, you got, get some leaves on that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> because, just like that. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit enables us to know our real potential. To know our real potential. We've been talking about the promise the whole time. This is my last scripture verse. Acts chapter 2. For the promise, now we've walked through this. Who is the promise that we're talking about? The Holy Spirit, right? We can agree on that. The Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. (laughs) 
I meet, I've been in ministry for 20 years, and I cannot tell you how many people I have met that are still trying to live under the law and do it their own way. I can't break free. I can't break free of this lust. I can't break free of this depression. I can't break free of this anxiety. I can't break free of my mouth. I can't break free of this. And all I'm saying to you is that you will never break the addiction. You'll never go to the next level. You'll never ultimately be free if it's all in your flesh. Because there will be a day that you will get tired and you will regress. But the Holy Spirit will come and empower you to live this life under grace that helps you live free. Yeah. And if we don't believe the promise, come on up, Nick, then we're going to miss a whole area that God has for us. I know this was a lot. I know it was a lot to download. And uh, generally, um, you know, I want to do a good job at keeping it very easy and, and very simple. But for the next three weeks, next two weeks after, after this, three sessions, I'm sorry, uh, I want to walk through this because it is my heart that we understand the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I want to be a church that, you know what, we're not scared of this. We have teach it. We understand it. And so come back next week and hear and let's keep going deeper in this concept because I believe that there's power in you that God wants to unleash. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at The House underscore NWA.